Welcome back to King Woe's Court, episode 15. En route to you, my friends. Um, again, thank you so much for the support. Checking out the podcast. I think we've now hit a thousand plays, downloads, whatever. Thank you so much. It means an awful lot. And we keep going for Irish Metal. Today, we have a very, very special guest stroke co-host with me. Um, it's a guy I've been wanting to podcast with for a long time. Um, one of the one of the beacons of Irish metal, his band himself. Um, and as I've obviously I've said it many a time on this podcast, without his band, a lot of a lot of us will be not be able to play in other places, other countries, and that kind of stuff. So him, his band, along with other one or two other bands, paved the way for all of us playing right now. And it's a very, very big honour for me to have Keith Fay from Cruacon on King Rose Court today. So enjoy, my friends. Glenn, the male, the flash 
Well, there you go. That was uh, a fantastic track by uh, Crocon there called... The Marching Song of Fiek McHugh. There you go. And that's actually a, an old song, just got modified by your good selves, isn't mm, it? Yeah. And before we get on, uh, thank you very much for coming today, Keith Fay. You're most welcome. Welcome to King Wall's Court. <laughs> yes, it's great to be here. It's a big nerd, nerd castle, as you can see. It's great to see the king on his throne. <laughs> I'm still here anyway. I still, still have the throne. Thanks for coming again. Uh, that's a fantastic version of that song, by the way. Cheers. Um, you know, I remember hearing it years ago and then hearing that. And it's just it, actually hearing, like doing my research, we'd mm. say, hearing all your different versions, your versions of older songs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking cool. Like, you and know? That's, we've always tried to do that. So we, we just picked that song. I, I was in another band at the time doing ballads. And I was like, hmm. I, I, I mean, everyone knows the song in Ireland. Mm. But I thought, yeah, I really like this. Proposed to the guys and... Yeah, we just put it together in, in the studio one day, and um, there's a bit of history behind the lyric. Like a, the original um, text is called "The Marching Song of Fiat McHugh," and years later, a famous band just called it "Follow Me Up the Carlos." So the yeah. title is "Marching Song," um, but yeah, that's why we did that, and the reason why we picked that as our song today um, is we noticed on. I know you were going to ask me this anyway, but <laughs> we noticed on Spotify over the last year. That song is just creeping up and creeping up. It's getting the most listens. It's now number two listened, wow. most listened crew contract. It's nearly beaten right on. So we had an opportunity to do a live video. Uh, so we said, you know, we could do something from the new album. We weren't really happy with the last uh, video that we did from Nine Years of Blood. But we said, no, you know, <laughs> let's actually be like totally exploit how popular the song is becoming and put an official video out there. Excellent. So, that's the reason behind that. And where was that recorded? Can you mind asking? That was asking? in Romania, in Transylvania. We played oh, cool. um, Celtic Transylvania Fest in the summer. So um, we knew it was going to be a good crowd there. A lot of crazy Crutalcon fans. and not, No better place to yeah. do a live video. So it's a live video. There's no no cringy stuff. That, I mean, the last video we did was great. We did it with... Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name because I'm being recorded. <laughs> That's always the way. <laughs> no. uh, oh... Oh my god! <laughs> oh, he'll kill me if he's if he's hearing this. He'll absolutely kill me. You know, we uh, we'll 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 figure it yeah. out somewhere down the line. He line. runs uh, Cleave. He does all the reenactment stuff. Okay, he's a very good friend, and he's a good man. Uh, <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Filmmaker. Oh my god! But yeah, we worked with him, whoever he is, <laughs> on the last video. We got historically accurate. Um, Costume, well, but they're not costumes, they're actually uh, uniforms Uniform. and armor and, and stuff that the guys wore. So the video looked great, it was historically accurate, but it just wasn't put together the way we wanted it. That right. was for the Battle of the Yellow Ford. Mm -hmm. So we weren't very happy with it. It looked great, and yeah, the, the, we just wanted to do something a little different for this one. That's why we went with the live kind of setting. We're on stage, the crowd are there, we've got some fire, people playing with fire and all that kind of stuff. It looks we're really happy with it. Definitely, it yeah. And um what you call it? Yeah, you know, like, this is gonna be a great insight for I think suppose you could say most because a lot of worst bands listen to mm -hmm. King Mo's Court, which is great. But you'll be able to give us a great insight into what it's like actually properly playing outside of Ireland. You know, and that's because that's a. I think that's what a lot of them want to do is get out of get the fuck out of Ireland, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, and just yeah. get out there, and you'll be able to help us with that today at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, so um, let me just bring up right back to the start, if you don't mm -hmm. mind. Give us a little brief history of your band. 
Wow. A brief um, history. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have a serious history. So, but first of all, <laughs> can I just can I just kind of lick your ass a little bit, if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. Like I always do just say. Just bend over here. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, up on the table. <laughs> I always say it though, and without your without yourselves and and primordial and a few others that mm. none of us would be able to do what we're doing today so thank you yeah well it's true ourselves primordial and a couple of others definitely have kept ireland in the in in people's focus throughout Absolutely. the world and yeah especially the, the kind of celtic stuff that we both do it's it's and when folk metal became popular they looked to ireland as well yeah. i mean they looked to cruelcon more so as one of the creators of the whole genre so if you're coming from ireland yeah, we've done a lot. I I personally think to, to I personally think so too. That's great. And I and I really and I, I do appreciate like you playing so many times and so many gigs and like you know for you know whether whether it's I, I'm a different style of music mm. to your go you know that but we're still Irish at the end of the day and we're still representing when we go out absolutely so. Thank Absolutely. you from my band anyway, and well, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you, I can talk from a lot of a lot of other bands in here. So I thank appreciate you. Appreciate that. Cheers. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> back to business. Tell me about. Okay, so um, twenty-seven years in a couple of minutes. Wow, that's a lot of. <laughs> That's a lot of uh, so, years. I mean, yeah, I mean, I started playing in a metal band when I was twelve. I played in Crypt. I was the vocalist. No, I didn't. No, before that, it was a band called Puss, which was P-U-S. P-U-S? Pure utter shite is what we called. Because <laughs> back then it was really normal to listen to like death metal and hardcore punk and we were kind of a cross between the two now there's a very different kind of world out there you yeah. don't really get that kind of crossover of styles and uh, yeah of course there are some people that do but yeah we were kind of a punky hardcore death metal band and uh, this was way before the, the norwegian black metal scene yeah. explosion in the early 90s so I was into Creator and Napalm Death, like Mick nice. Harris from Napalm Death. So the screams, carcasses, he was in there as well, Bill Steer. And the screamy vocals is what I was really loving before it became so popular with the Norwegian yeah. explosion. So that's the way I sang. Um, my sister's boyfriend at the time, Martin Cal, was in a really amazing death metal band called Crypt. And you can hear some of their stuff um, out there. It's on YouTube. On YouTube. It's really technical death metal. Way nothing, ahead of his time. Nothing like it in Ireland. But they didn't have a vocalist, and they were all around 18 and 19. And we was like, oh, you should hear my, my kid brother. Oh, yeah, what age is he? He's 12. You know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But I played a gig somewhere, and the drummer, Steve Dunn from Crypt, was there, and he heard me singing, and he was like, holy shit, like, this is amazing. He's only 12, and he sounds like, ah. And if you hear the demos that are out there, I was 13 when we recorded wow. those demos. Um, so I got into Crypt, and... Um, and slowly over the year or the year that I was in Crypt, I wanted to do my own thing. So that's when I started Minas Tirith or Minas Tirith around the age of 13 or 14. Like, <laughs> seems like I'm some serious, like I know what I'm talking about. I was <laughs> like a complete kid. That was the Lord of the Rings thing, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the, the whole team and concept of Minas Tirith was Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien stuff. So that was me, Stephen Anderson, um... Jay O'Neill, the drummer, and eventually we we started to incorporate folk music into the stuff. And I got I was so much into Celtic history, Irish history, mythology. Then started to write more about that than Tolkien. So we changed our name to Cruelcon, nice. and, and that's how we started. So I was about fourteen when we became Cruelcon. And interesting, you'll see on every Cruelcon album since more or less every there has been a Tolkien song. There's, yeah. there's a Lord of the Rings song on there. So yeah, got the band together and. Um, pretty much wrote the first album at the age of 15 wow uh, which is considered like it's a cult classic one of the yeah, first it's... extreme folk metal albums ever made that type of Fair thing play. and we did our demo before that um self-recorded 
in a place called The Shed Recording Studios. Joe Lahart was the producer. Okay. This is over 25 years yeah. ago. I don't know how I can still remember this. <laughs> Fair play. I can't remember. Yeah. Fucking. God, I thought it would just call. I can't believe. I just have a complete blank. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Dave, if it's Dave. Jesus Christ, it's embarrassing. The more I'm going on about this, the more embarrassing yeah, you're it is. Like, you're hope yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Celtic demo released. Um, then we got a record deal with Nazgul's Irie Productions, which were a real underground... Oh, the black metal scene at this time was erupting in, in, in Norway and Scandinavia. So we were, at the time of writing the Celtic demo and the early Krulkan stuff, I was really into like the Emperor stuff, the Dark mm. Throne stuff. So there's big, big influence on that first album. Um, so an underground black metal label got in touch with us. They had released an album by Countess, who were very well regarded 25 plus years ago. Yeah. So they, they had a bit of a name for themselves, uh, sent over some money, re- rec- recorded in Sun Studios in town with, okay, another blank on another you just name. just keep blowing yourself up for this. I know, it's you? unreal. But the producer, he produced the first two U2 albums. Oh, right, okay. God, so he was like either a producer or an engineer on them. You'll see him on like U2 War, this yeah. guy is here, but obviously he didn't know what the hell we He was were. just at the time there, was he? Yeah, he was just like, he was kind of a bit of... I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm bad about him. <laughs> but he was just doing this for the cash. Like, there was no yeah. passion there. And he was like, what the fuck is this? Like, there's a tin whistle on a heavy metal band. Are you guys <laughs> fucking insane? There's a record label paying for this. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> this is ridiculous. So we recorded that over four nights in Sun Studios. Uh, there was no metronome or click track. It was all just played live. Like, mm. fucking the Beatles in Deadly. the late 50s. That type Best of thing. way to do it. Yeah, it was one or two overdubs. But ultimately, it was live. Which... And I was dead against metronomes and click tracks. I was like, oh, I've never, never in crew account. No, I, I can't live without them. Really? Like, because with so much going on, oh. it's just impossible. In order for us to play live, we'll need like 200 musicians on some wow. tracks. Like I remember listening to Michael Richards, our producer, on your last podcast saying, the f- tracks on the crew account album. Yeah. And it is true. Like one album had 800 tracks. Now that's <laughs> a sound effect will t- make up a track, a reverb track, two or three layers of reverb. Well, there's four tracks. Yeah. So you can see this all yeah. mounts up and then you get to the instruments themselves. But back then with Two and the Gale, it was just the four or five of us in a studio. Five days later, five nights we recorded through the night. Really? We had an album and it came out and it caused major waves. Like nothing like this was out there. I mean, Skyclad had released their first two albums and um, like and I always say like our, our, our album was written before Skyclad's second album right. and like I don't consider Skyclad's first album a folk metal album it's a trash mm-hmm. album with one folk metal song yeah which and Skyclad are very good friends of mine we, we, we often speak about that but definitely they had two albums released that's categorically true before our album did come out but um, when it was released it was just the extremity of the music, all that kind of stuff, which had a lot of record labels get in touch with us. And we had a manager at the time as well. We, we, we fucking stupidly decided to get a manager, which <laughs> eventually led to Shane McGowan years later because yeah. we sacked him, rehired him, and this kind of thing. <laughs> but we got an offer in from Century Media, which was like, whoa, yeah. like they were, they're huge now. Yeah, they were absolutely. huge back then. But our manager looked at the contract and said, guys, you're selling your soul. I mean, there was stuff in the contract that said every noise, like clapping my hands or something like this, they own that. They own every noise that Keith Fay makes. And that sounds shit. Mm. But since then, I've seen a lot of contracts are similar. They do have that kind of ownership and you can negotiate and so on. But we just took our manager's advice. I was about 17 at the time. 
um, after okay. two in the gale and yeah we didn't we didn't go for the record deal and nothing really happened so the band broke up around 98 and we stayed broke up for about a year but it's like i'm sure you know carl it's very hard to give up music when yes. it's in your heart you know yeah. that type of thing very so, much so um got the band back together as they say and started writing new stuff but even our tastes had changed a lot right. you can see when we did get back together we were working on the middle kingdom album which is much more toned down from two of the gale and we got signed by hammerheart records which were a fantastic label back then we released three albums on them up to the folklore album and toured around the world played crazy countries that we never thought we'd, we'd dream of seeing and left them we wanted bigger and better so we went to afm records and they jamming with it yeah yeah <clears throat> they had white snake yeah. signed to them at the time but actually our last album with hammerheart was pagan and when the recording quality of that is so bad like really? it's, it's just awful and when i presented that to the record label they're like what the fuck is this like <laughs> they paid something like twelve thousand euro where did you record that in, do you remember oh um radio nalifa the, the gaelic radio station <laughs> no way with um al cohen this the old drummer from paranoid vision i mean al's a great guy and yeah yeah he was doing what he does like the the drums are on like mic'd up with four microphones whereas with the folklore album we were used to every you know a proper production yeah, everything um we used shit guitars we used shit uh, amplifiers and that kind of stuff oh it was awful so the record label said we're not paying this we're not paying and we are like, what do you mean? Like, we presented the finished product. Like, yeah. no, yeah, it's shit. I'm like, oh, what? And so we got like lots of legal fucking shit from the, the studio. You're going to court. We're going to, we're going to sue you. You have oh, to pay the money. In the end, the record label paid and everything was fine. So after that, we left Hammerheart. <laughs> with, then we were signed to, um, we signed a deal with Black Lotus Records in Greece. And they paid for the Morrigan's Call album. And that was something like fucking 70 and grand Whoa. in some studios. Like ridiculous. Wow. For us back then, that was normal. That That's what you have to pay to record an album. Yeah. When I look back at what we pay now with, and the exceptional quality we get from Michael Richards yeah. in his studio in Blanchardstown for a fraction of the price, it just shows you how fucking ridiculous recording studios, the monopoly that recording studios had back then. Back then yeah. So that cost around 70 and grand. Uh, we recorded the album and Black Lotus Records went bust. Oh no. So here we were again in this situation. It was actually the owner of Sun Studios. He owns Grouse Lodge Studios. Again, I, I, I know what I can't remember his name. Paddy, Paddy Dunning, I think was his name. He rang me up saying, keep going to court. Like, you know, you have to pay this. I mean, I understand where he was coming from. But like, like, I'm very young, Paddy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do here. He was telling us, Take out, say, take out loans from banks, all that kind of shit. And we're like, oh man, like this guy will hammer us. But at, while that was going on, I was in touch with record labels. AFM came in and they paid the fucking seventy and grand. No way. Fucking recording. Did you wouldn't get that nowadays? Which not you? not in a million. I mean, with the bigger labels, yeah. I mean, like I hear what some Ailstorm albums cost. Chatting to the guys on tour, and you're just like, what? That's outrageous. Um, like outrageous. And do you think it's like they just? Labour uh, studios go, oh, here's, it's a Yale's from whatever. We just charge them that kind of well, money. It's the producers more than that, and it's yeah. the equipment. Like, you're sometimes you're renting the best of the best, and that costs money. The producer has his price. If you want him, you'll pay for him. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Uh, but I mean, yeah, so we got that album out on AFM. We weren't too happy. They were very focused only on Germany. We thought that that was our best, well, every band always says that, that was our best album to that, to date. Yeah. 
and I thought I should have done better. So we left AFM and we signed with Trollzone Records and we'd be... Oh, no, we didn't. Jesus. We were Candlelight. We so, we, yeah, we got signed by Candlelight Records and we did Blood on the Black Road with them. And that's our first album we did in Track Mix Studios with Michael. Um, and that was a bit of a mess, but it turned out great in the end. You know, yeah. just when you're in a new studio, you're unsure how to work. But Michael is fantastic and everything came together towards the end and then we're like oh this is a really good album we're very happy with this um but we had an option to renew a candlelight and it didn't sell as well as they hoped right i, I mean like mp everything is affecting the scene right now they were looking at our older albums that were selling like 20 and 30 thousand copies yeah. before mp3s so i'd say blood on the black road probably sold five or six thousand physical cds okay. probably a bit better i just can't remember i mean i could lie and say it sold a hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. but that's pretty much what it was. It was below their expectations, so they pretty much cut us loose. Okay. And then we signed with Trollzorn, and like they've just been fantastic. So we haven't looked back. And do, are they just ba- mainly like folk metal, Catholic metal? No, they do. I mean, there's like a lot metal. of folky stuff on there, but they do a mix of everything. They've got that kind of medieval. Well, yeah, it's folk, I suppose. <laughs> the medieval, yeah. big German stuff. Like there's a band Ignis Fatu. Okay. On on Trollzorn, and I think one of their members is from Corvus Corax. Oh, right. like they're pretty big, but we'd yeah. be the second, pretty much the second biggest on Trollzorn. After that, look, I mean, they're huge in Germany. They sell thousands of albums in Germany. Only yeah. we're the biggest band outside of the German market. Yeah. But collectively, they sell more than us. We're, we're Would you do well in in the German market as well? Yeah, we, we do relatively okay. Um, there's a few markets where we still sell. Germany is one of them. Um, I mean Europe. Europe is one of them. Yeah. Most other places, like nobody, like in South America, in Eastern Europe, nobody. Of course, some people do. Don't take offense if you're listening to this, <laughs> but mostly ninety nine percent of people just don't understand the concept of paying for music anymore. Yeah. Which is that's the world we that's live the in. The world we live in. That, yeah. That's the way it is. Like, and I mean, Jesus, if it affects the likes of my band, it affects your band even because you have a bigger. Yeah, uh, scope. Well, we just accept now. We're not set. like when we release an album, we release it immediately onto YouTube. So yeah. we just accept that's their last four albums being like that. It's just have it like if you pay for fantastic. Well, yeah, it's like a bonus. I mean, it's almost like uh, merchandise is the, is the way forward now, really, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, not sounding like a prick, but when you become to the level that we're at, like we do festivals and we get nice payments out of it. Like we come back from the festival, they pay everything. We've That's got a great. nice wad of cash in our pocket. Plus, we sell merchandise on top of that. Yeah. So, it's fantastic. But look, it took 27 years of playing the completely t- unique type of music to get to this. Like, I, I look at Celticore. They are struggling to get to these kind of levels. Yeah. And they're a fantastic band. And they're just... They're just... That yeah, level, I, I mean, mean, they even signed with... They're label mates with us now. Well, it's, it's like we have a reputation because we're one of the first, which is fantastic. Yeah. And like, if I was to give advice to any band, it's like create a completely unique genre of music that's never been heard before because it works for us. <laughs> but I mean, that that's how bullshit. hard is that like, now? But that's what I mean. Like, it's yeah. absolute bullshit. Like, um, we were just we just caught a lucky break. Primordial as well, very very unique in what they do. Very. So no nobody else is there doing that. So like us, they 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 got a nice break and got out there. You look at Nakruhana, the Galway folk metal band, fucking exceptional. Yeah. Like great musicians, but they just they, they couldn't break out and they broke up and like they're, they're gone. gone. They were fantastic. They were. They were absolutely lovely people and, and fantastic band. Is, is there many other 
bands like that trying to hit around the country? Can you even folk metal bands? Yeah. No, not that I can think of. And um, there's one that used to play fibbers like something dog in their name. I never even seen them. Just their build on one of the fibbers ads one night as, as, <laughs> as, as folk metal. But I was really? away out of the country. I couldn't get to see them. So that's probably. I mean, that's that's the gas thing. That's probably then. It's probably one of the least popular me- Irish or styles of metal in, in Ireland, isn't it? Absolutely. Irish metal. Oh, essentially and that's one of the least and that for us that was a nightmare when we started we were just we were just laughed at and people thought we were a complete joke in Ireland they were like Cruicon they were like ridiculous what a fucking embarrassment Cruicon embarrassing and we lived with that for years and then years. you go on with the fucking like yeah get mobbed by fucking bat- fans and that's it yeah absolutely like, yeah, it's it's like it's we're, we're in Russia with bodyguards because of so many fans like it's that it's the typical Irish thing though isn't it like, and I, and it's that, the begrudging it Irish is, isn't it? sentimentality it's always it's been there from my oh, day when I first it's started it's not live and it's there right now you get it I look at fibbers sometimes I mean look things have gotten much better like yeah, we'll yeah. sell out shows here well not sell out but we'll like the Button Factory packed last year the couple of voodoo gigs we did the pre- yeah. previous years I mean they're packed out 15 years ago we'd struggle to get that in Ireland but what I was saying was you, you get that kind of mentality the guys arms crossed not moving just kind of I'm a guitarist in the band too fuck you yeah. stage. I'm better than you you get it all the time in Ireland like nobody gives anyone credit or actually can say well done yeah. like the first time I seen you guys live Two Tales of Woe I was straight on Messenger the next day that was fucking incredible yeah. I've never heard an Irish band doing that kind of music rather than Fuck, fuck them like fuck yeah. them. how dare they be good I know I hate that I like that like I'm involved anytime I'm at a gig I'll always support mm. you know it's just it should be what we do you know yeah. that's the way I look at it you yeah. know and, but yeah. that's been there the 27 years I've been in Cruelcon that attitude has been there it's gotten a bit better today it needs today. to fucking change yeah it like needs. we've got young people coming to our gigs asking for autographs asking for photos with us like we never get that years ago so, yeah. so it definitely is changing the fact that as you said earlier, Cruelcon Primordial are on a kind of a, a, a different level. And I don't yeah. mean that as a wanker no, type no, of you're thing. Not. We're in like Hot Press Magazine, we're in Metal Hammer, yeah. we're, in, we're interviewed in Metal Hammer, interviewed in Terrorizer. So the kids in Ireland seeing that, well, boom, they're, they're a real band. Yeah. So there's a bit of respect there. So I think with that in mind, things should improve. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's Dog does their whole career here in Ireland. Do you, do you get the kind of respect that I feel you deserve from other Irish bands? As well, uh, without, yeah. without you don't have to like name names. As I said, I'm not looking yeah. for gossip art, but do you get, feel the respect? Well, I like say that I've given you, for example. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that would manifest itself. Like, I don't have people like run out to me and like start bowing. Oh, well, well, no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to be Irish, but I always reference Crocon and Primordial, mm. the, the the forebearers, and I do, and it's just the way it is. Mm. I'd like to think that most other Irish metal bands. Have that same kind of love and respect, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, I, mean? I guess we do. I mean, we don't get what I had years ago. The crew kind of shite, like folk doesn't yeah. work in metal kind of things. Down with that kind of thing. I mean, Jesus Christ! Again, as I say, listening back to your stuff, all of the stuff, doing my homework, we'll say hmm. some fucking heavy music there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holy shit! This is an extreme black. Who the fuck would say that shit? In fairness, like, yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know. Then the whip, the tin whistle comes in, and people are like, "What the fuck?" And that's another, another layer to it. I don't know what they're fucking talking about. Sure, <laughs> I remember. Uh, we were going on now. I would have loved for this to happen years ago because we used to do sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, it was a course. Oh, it was two a, tales of yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a po- called it sledgehammer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but there was good. a guy 
who was a friend of ours who was a saxophone player and we were we were jamming with him on the saxophone and like that mm. like it's dumb now saxophone is in, in, in sludge and all whatever but it sounded so fucking weird like you know and of course he got sick so he couldn't do the gig oh no the one time we were going to no. do it but like something it was something different you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I was fucking raising about but when, that when I, I mean like that's being part of my psyche I remember Nocturnus bringing out their first album and it was billed and promoted as death metal with keyboards I was all over that that's, <laughs> when, that's when I was in Crypt I yeah. said, like, guys, let's get keyboards. And they were like, are you fucking serious? Like, keyboards <laughs> in the death metal, man. Fuck off. So I've always wanted to do m- music that has more to it, that, that, that definitely, you know, exp- um, pushes boundaries, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. I remember an interview with Vinny from Asphyxia. Oh, yeah. Vinny's a lovely guy, but he's a total purist. And this is going back again 25 years ago. They were, I think Krugan had her demo out, and... Um, and I, that was in the Irish scene, you know, they were aware of this, like, what the fuck is this? And he was interviewed saying, like, would you ever, like, consider keyboards in Asphyxia talking at Nocturne? And he's yeah. like, oh, I think, no, I, no, what do you think about it? And his answer was like, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, what? what's next? A brass band in a metal band? And I remember that as clear as day, <laughs> 25 years ago. Yeah. And you look at, like, Satarion and, like, all these bands that have played with orchestras. Yeah. And, it seems have full on brass sections and string sections and, and wind isn't sections. Isn't it great that they can do that now? Mm, and they can, ta- like, I suppose not, exp- not even experiment, but like bring it to that level. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just. And we, we've done it on our last two to three. I mean, up to the last three albums, we we're doing a lot of keyboard stuff. Now, like John Ryan, our, our violin player, like he's doing violin, cello, double bass, layers on layers. There's a lot of string, in, like real strings. On our album, he even plays on the new Borknagar album. Oh well, wow. they were doing the same, like yeah. just the keyboardy stuff. And like, I love Borknagar. I love Vortex's vocals. He's amazing. Um, but they were just doing keyboardy stuff, and he was having a chat with Ostai, I think, is the guy from Borknagar, saying, "Did you ever want real strings on your album?" And lo and behold, he was like, "Yes, we bloody well do." And he's <laughs> played on like three or four songs on Brilliant. the new album, like which is really cool. It's great to have that be able to make those connections absolutely and like such a great band like one of my favourite bands I've had their patch on my jacket for fucking years and they're like ah crew comes John Ryan plays with is he a full time member or no is... he's just a guest on the yeah. album that's cool though that really is listen um, yeah so how is uh, I'm trying to just think of the right way to say these kind of things how is Irish Metal perceived you know like you've been to all stretch of the world mm. do, do they just think that it's all folk metal or Mm. you know because like, there's very few of us out there that get to yeah. that level I don't know like I try like I, I try to promote bands as much as I can like Dave from Celticor will tell you I've been trying to get them on, on as many festivals as I can like, yeah um, and it hasn't worked out so well okay their, their name is probably not as big as the guys in festivals want but I've tried to get them onto a lot of stuff absolute lot of stuff Um. But speaking to the guys at festivals, what they come back with, excuse me, when I when I say, hey, there's another band, Celticore, like Addy Folk Metal. Yeah, wow, well, we've already got you. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. We're not the same band. We don't play the same music. We're very fucking different. Very different. But that's what I hear sometimes. A few times I spoke to festival organizers about Celticore. Yeah, another folk metal band. But that's really the only time I hear from them. Like, I honestly don't know what the perception is. Mm. Like I'm not talking to enough people to really 
to really see. Maybe I should actually inquire a bit more. It's not your it's not your mission, like you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. No, I just thought like maybe it would might come up in conversation over the time and mm. you know that kind of stuff. because uh, it's it'd be, as I said, it's it's great to get someone who has that experience to see what's going on mm. all over the place. Because as I said, the majority of us have only really played in yeah, yeah. England, like you know. And then you look at their label, like their label are doing they fantastic. Japan. Yeah. There you did go. you play, did you use a play in Japan? No, no, we haven't. We we had a show coming up this year and it was a cock up with like we gave her a default rider which has her fee yeah. and they were like, No, point blank and they got um who did they get? They got Skyclad. No way. And then I was like, Oh, we're meant to negotiate the fee. Like I'd literally do it for nothing, you know. Yeah. I, I, it's my dream. I'm they a video game nerd. Though. I wanted to be in Japan. I've never been. And they just said no. And they were like, oh, oh yeah. Um. Well, let us. We'll rethink this. And if you know, it's it's not gone. But that festival English. for early last early next year is gone. <laughs> Maybe it might come up again. They play. They do it at the end of the year. So we're going to negotiate properly. Oh, it's my dream. It's the one country I just would love to play. Have even. you played in the states? Well. 70,000 tons of metal, technically. Well, let's say on yeah, yeah, American crew. Air, I mean, we flew yeah. to Florida. Yeah. No, not done any gigs in the States. Is there any kind of interest from the States? There's, lo- there's so much. Like, we've so many fans there. That's I, I look at the, the uh, interaction on Facebook and, and where the Spotify views are coming from, YouTube views. But it's just, it's a nightmare to play the States yeah. now with visas and the cost of it. I can't see it happening anytime soon. But, oh, that's a complete lie. Okay. Arcona offered us a support slot on our US tour this oh, year. Lovely. But we can't tour. That was for a month. Right. So we had a chance to tour North America with Arcona, yeah. which is taking place right now. They're on tour right now. But everyone in Cruocon has full time jobs. We just can't tour for four months, oh, for yeah. four weeks, four, four weeks. weeks. And you often say, look, we can do a week. But to get a band in for a week and another band in for three weeks yeah. is, is literally, it's just as much work done twice so no one's gonna accept you for a week so yeah that didn't work so out. that just shows you that people listening at home like even though as big as you are you still have to have a, a job and absolutely it's you know it is really an expensive hobby isn't it uh, yes yeah, pretty much i mean all of our touring and so that's that not to is, take anything away because no 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 that's absolutely the reality of the situation like all of our touring is based on how many vacation days we have at work yeah. which is why we favor um festivals and look, to be completely obscene, to do a week of touring will bring the same amount of money as doing one decent festival. Yeah. And as obscene and people say, no, it's not about the money. Fuck that. You need money to live. So the yeah. more money I can get to buy and more well, video games, yeah. the better. And as well as that, if you're leaving family and yeah. that kind of stuff, Absolutely. you need to be compensated for that, especially for a long definitely. Kind of period of time. Yeah, definitely. So and I that's what frustrates We were talking on Facebook. It frustrates me. About the Bloodstock Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. Irish bands just, yeah, we, we played Bloodstock. I'm like, yeah, but you're made pay your own fare. You're made camp. You're, I've heard stories from bands that play there. Their equipment left in tents. Hope it doesn't get robbed. Mail Morden. Jeez. Like, they, they had to leave their equipment in tents. Uh, not paid. And I think that's shit. Like, you wouldn't bring a plumber into your house and not pay him. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it pisses I don't me know. off. I think... Um... I mean, yeah, exposure dollars, that whole meme. Yeah, it's good in some ways. It is, because like, I've done I it. Get, I get that. But I understand also where you're coming from as well. And yeah, it would be nice to have... Like, the way I, the way I roll with our band, we're not... We're there, we'll say, hmm. right? So we're at a certain level, and we're like we're, we're kind of not even gigging much anymore, but that's 
by choice. Yeah. Um, I always want. I always just if if we're covered, our expenses are covered. Yeah. If it doesn't cost me to play a gig, that to me is good because, as I said, for me, it's an expensive mm. hobby now. You know, I I have a family, I have a job, and I can't like that. I can't be on off on tour every couple of weeks and yeah. here and there. So. The, the minimum we look for is if our expenses are covered, whether it's in Fibbers or fucking Galway or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played a gig in Leicester on the on the heels of the Bloodstock Festival and they they pay for our flights, they pay, they put us up. And, but that's you know, perfect. They pay the, we went into the place, they bought us dinner, they had a beer, a tab, everything. Mm. It was brilliant. That's and the that's, way a band should be treated. Yeah, but we, we felt great, like, you know. Mm. And uh, we were, and like that, because it's the UK, we were, we're, we're reselling ourselves all over again. Yeah. And we still, like, we, we went down well. We sold merch. And... And yeah, I mean, like, Carl, I totally get that. Like, get out there, promote yourself. The more gigs you do, the more people hear you. Absolutely. It's just the few specific festivals. Yeah. I, I just have a problem with it. I just don't think we Irish bands get treated the way they should be. So and we I, won't be I, seeing Phil Connor, Bloodstock. Uh, we played year. there, I'd say, <laughs> 10 years ago. We headlined yeah. the second stage. Was yeah, that was well, that, that was a big diff, a very different uh, yeah, festival it was indoors then. back then. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, if Bloodstock were to have Kruokon, they would be paying us. You oh, know, yeah. so there's no question. Be a main stage it. as well. <laughs> yeah, headlining. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I tell you, they're they're getting more diverse with their uh, headliners now. And Park, Parkway Drive and Sabaton and all this. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Judas Priest. Sabaton are fucking huge. Like they right. did well oh. with the Hellfest thing, didn't they? Did you see that? No. They uh, Man of War. Oh yeah, 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 of course. They didn't play, and then so Sabaton filled in for them on the, on, yeah. as a headliner. But I think the singer's voice was fucked, so no. the guitarist sang the set for them. Oh wow, we tour, we we shared a tour bus with them in Ukraine once, and yeah, like just at the time they were about to break. But they're the nicest bunch of guys. Like people slag them off and that kind of shit, but undeservedly they well, deserve they deserve where they are. Yeah, I mean, who Jesus? They're making fucking waves. They're, that's their career. Like yeah. you know, they're making. So what, so whoever's laughing at them. Yeah, yeah, go back to your exactly. desk job, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's the way I look at that. I remember when uh, Garrett from Ailstorm, when he left Waylander to join Ailstorm, a few people in the Irish scene saying, imagine leaving a serious band like Waylander to play in a pirate metal band. And I'm like, uh, I can totally imagine it. That's his career. He just, like, yeah. <laughs> they earn a fuckload of money doing what they love. So totally, no, no disrespect to Waylander. No, no. Really good friends of mine, but I can totally understand Garrett leaving and joining a big, big band yeah. like Hellstorm, like that's like Johnny King going over to play with Conan. Now he's in Conan, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. with a bad incarnate, mm. and now he's with Conan, and they're doing fantastic shit in the states and all. Now it's just always nice to see one of our own kind Absolutely, of. Absolutely, yeah. Deadly. And I, I was talking to John from Conan. I was like, look after the Irish, like look after him now, you <laughs> know. What I mean? It was cool, like you know, yeah, it's good and to he's see. He's an amazing drummer as well. Oh. He's in- Incredible. I think I actually asked him to play for us years yeah. ago, um, and he was too busy. It's always the way the good yeah. ones you can't get. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? um, tell me this. Give me some Irish bands that you liked from the past mm-hmm. and today. You don't have no no list around. Just throw some names. I mean, that bands that really you like or you have liked. Or, um, there's a wealth of them. Absolutely. Uh, so I like Two Tales of Woe, which thank you. And like it's kind of shit that you're asking me that because I was I've said that in some interviews before. Uh, just your stuff is so fucking tight and professional, and like, and yous are one of the bands. Oh, this sounds like Total Brown. I was like, fuck, not... fuck you, your shit. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think the stuff you're doing, I hear that on in festivals on the tour all around the world. Like Two Tales of Woe are just as good as this. Um, way back in the day, I used to love Cursed Earth. 
yeah, yeah, I remember them. Jeez, I was like, I was a kid. That's back when I was playing with Crypt. Wow. So I was like 13, just kind of going, oh my God, they're amazing. <laughs> um, trying to think throughout the ages. Oh, I'm forgetting everything. Jesus Christ. I'm throwing a lot at you today. Yeah. Waylander, Waylander's new album. I mean, I've always liked Waylander, yeah. of course. I hated when they did King of the Fairies because I was working on the oh, crew no. version of King of the Fairies then. And interestingly, when we turned down Century Media, Century Media went to Waylander and Waylander got <laughs> signed to Century Media. And Century Media fucked them over. Like, they were gone within one album. But their new album is fucking amazing. It's like, wow. It's all, like, it's, some of the songs are almost at commercial level. Not, not commercial. Hot, I know but, what you mean. You know, could really, yeah. really fucking do well. Uh, looking forward to hearing them playing with us now next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else? I've never been a fan of Primordial and... Like Alan knows, like we we tour together. We're we're <laughs> like and Kieran Williams, like we we go back twenty five fucking plus years, yeah. but just never clicked with me. And I don't know if it's like twenty five years of begrudgery, <laughs> like forcing myself not to like them. The rest of the crew can't love them. I'm I'm writing new songs and shit. And I'm like that sounds very like. Are you ripping <laughs> off Primordial? Like, no, I don't fucking listen to Primordial. <laughs> but um, total some, respect for some like, front man, isn't he? Yeah, he's he great. Is, he's Absolutely. Fantastic. I mean, the whole band are spectacular. Yeah. I've watched them live so many times. They're fucking fantastic but the music's never clicked with me and I think it's because I'm so into folk music that I hear the folk melodies in the background and I'm like oh please put a violin on that <laughs> yeah. um, and some of the things that they say oh we, we'll never have chuggy power chords I'm like what the essence of heavy metal you're never going to have so little things like that just have made me not really click with them but they're an exceptional they're exceptional, exceptional band there's no, yeah. no doubt about it um, and the crew and they were amazing mentioned them already absolutely I'm trying to think I've seen some bands in Fibbers that I thought were great Evelation Evelation Falls Elevation Falls Elevation Falls really they're doing really well yeah they're, they're building Hazel the singer she's fantastic she's a great singer yeah. brilliant brilliant fucking and like I've started in the last year going back to Fibbers a lot it's only um, there a few times yeah <laughs> and like it's great it's it's unchanged from when I used to go there it's like, and I had a reputation for a while of being oh Kitty's Place yeah. Fibbers and Fuck that. No. I've heard some amazing bands there. Yeah. Can't, like, I, I don't know who they are. Like, yeah, oh, this, yeah. This is great. Um, and you look at the pubs around Dublin that have come and gone. Fibbers is just... Still there. It's a mainstay, you know. It's survived. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any others. Tim Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> Even now. <laughs> I went... I seen them in uh, Spain. Leyendas del Rock. They really? were brilliant. Were they Black Star Riders or...? And so apparently Black Star Riders, when they get an offer to do a gig as Tin Lizzy, they'll do it. So they did the whole Tin Lizzy show, but they had the drummer from Judas Priest, bass player from Mastodon. What the hell? It was amazing. And um, Ricky Warwick, obviously on vocals, yeah. and uh, Gorham, John Scott, Gorham. Scott, yeah, Scott Gorham. Scott Gorham. Uh, it was amazing. Like, I'm not the biggest Tin Lizzy fan, but I wanted to see it. And me and John Ryan from Crewcon, we were like, this is, we were drunk, just, <laughs> the boys are back in town. Fucking, I go, Ireland, ole, ole. We yeah. had a ball. It was amazing. As far as we, I, it's the first time I've seen Tin Lizzy, even though people in Ireland stop and say, I'm not fucking Tin Lizzy. I had a ball. Absolutely loved it. That's what it's all about, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't dodge, you know, I have to say, I, I, like, I love Ricky Warwick, but I can't stand when he sings Tim Lizzy stuff. It's, he tries yeah. to accentuate things yeah, like yeah. Phil, but he can't do it. And it's like, what kind of pressure is that to not actually sing in your own vocal style, yeah. but to try and imitate someone else? Yeah, oh, I wouldn't of, be into that now at all, like. Yeah, it's a tough one to call, all right. <laughs> right, okay, so we'll, I'm going to 
give you another difficult one. Give me your three favorite Cruel Con albums. Oh. Not in any order. Yeah. But give me the three three favorite ones and why. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know, and I don't like this question. <laughs> Um, I didn't bring it on for it to have an easy time. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I'd have to say Two and the Gale because it was the first one. It was fucking groundbreaking. It's considered a cult classic. I do get pissed off when I see people say, oh, it's my favourite Kurokan album. I'm like, oh, we've done so much better. Yeah. I was 14 when I came up with that fucking album. <laughs> but I get that. I'm the same. Like, I know, like... You probably know a band always wants to hear their latest release is their fans' favorite release because yeah. we work. That's the fucking thing that's fresh. But look, I do it myself with a lot of bands. Their all their albums are my favorite. But yeah, Toot and the Gale is definitely up there. And then look, <laughs> like totally going along with what I said, Blood for the Blood God. Yeah. And and my favorite album is the latest one, Nine Years of Blood. That's yeah. Like what we did on that was just out of this world. We've like just orchestras, just fucking you name it. Like that's the the. The album that Michael Richards would have nightmares about the, the <laughs> huge tracks, the amount of tracks on it. The, Jesus, oh, it's 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 a monster of a of an album. But you know we don't come across like you're hearing an orchestra like when you hear Terry on. It's it's kind of subtle in some ways, but um, I think we we did something really well, and the, the quality of it is is the best we've ever done. Definitely. Again with Michael, Michael's a lot like um. Has a lot to do with how good we've become over the last few years. It's like an extra member. Yeah, almost. yeah. I know it's cliche to say that, yeah. but he's become so ingrained in what we do. And uh, for the last three albums, we don't want to go anywhere. We've had offers by record labels to record with this producer, and I'm like, oh man, if I go there, it's going to be another fucking pagan. I'm not used to this guy. He's yeah. not used to me. And I don't know if that's a bad thing. You know? no. Like we're always going to have the same, but well, we're not going to have the same sound. Michael goes out of his way to. Make sure we get different guitar sounds yeah. and so on, but you stick with what you know. You're better off. Yeah, you know, you stick so. to your strengths, and then that person, and you, with the, when that collaboration, as things go on, you just get better. Absolutely. So. And now I, I feel like the freedom to experiment a lot more with what we're doing. Yeah. And and Michael's always on board. And you know sometimes we'll be there late at night, kind of go, oh, what do we do? This like what do we play it backwards? Put reverse feedback. Like bang a gong, kick a cat, fucking <laughs> smash a window. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's try that. Like, he's always open. He's willing like, to try out. Yeah. Like, there's a funny vocal part. It's actually on uh, the, the Battle of the Yellow Forks, which is the music video. The very first vocals, Forces of the Crown, Sam. I, I wrote that. We rehearsed it. I didn't sing it much. We recorded the music. Then I'm doing the vocals. I'm like, how the fuck am I... What was I thinking? Like, no, no. I, I wanted to do it... Um, the kind of James Hetfield style vocal I do on a lot of Kruokon stuff. Oh. Forces of the Crown. I was like, this is not working fuck and then we took a break it was just me and michael in the studio i went down to liffey valley got some lunch and there was just something going through my head and i was like yeah yeah i was like michael right right we gotta try something just trust me just trust me just record my voice um and then record again and the first time i sang it i'm just like forces of the crown assembled to march again and he i could see him in the control room saying keith's literally having a mental <laughs> breakdown what is this shit then we record another one. Then I harmonise with that. And as they started building up, he's like, oh, this is working. This is great. Yeah. And, and we record like 34 vocal tracks or oh. something. Just layered them all onto each other. I just came out of the room with my arms in the air like, yes. Oh, I have to listen to that. But okay. yeah, Mike, Michael's great in that way. He'll try anything. Plus, he'll, he'll 
kind of put his own little you know stamp on it and say, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Or, "Oh, that shit." Or <laughs> maybe not, let's not do vocals today, Keith. You know, like he's not afraid to tell you your your shit at that yeah. moment. So yeah, the collaboration is great with him. That's fantastic. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll leave it at that for your albums then, because yeah, they're all your children. Yeah, you don't like picking your favorite children. The runt would be pagan. Oh, and like for and th- that's funny. Like I, I put that up on our Facebook a few times, or out there, and so many fans are like, "What? This is my favorite album." And like, just shit on their it's just the way it is. I mean, like I was so excited <laughs> about pagan. The songs were so strong, but the way it turned out, woo! Did you yeah, ever re-record some of the songs off that we album? We re-recorded Pagan. That was uh, and it was on the Blood for Blood Blood Blood, 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 Blood God album as a bonus track. Cool. That's cool. Um, I think we have Babs, Chris sing. Yeah, we have Babs who's singing with us at the gig in next week. She sang on that. Excellent. Um, that's cool. So, just just a quick one. Give me some of your favorite albums. Like outside of Crowcon that you like. Okay. Does it have to be metal? No, no, whatever you like. Right. So. I'm big into classical music. It's probably the, the main thing that I listen to. And Excellent. more so contemporary classical. Like I'm obsessed with Ludovico Einaudi at the moment. Okay. And he's brought out a new... He's releasing an album every month for the... Like it started four months ago. And it's a seven month thing. And it's called Seven Days Walking. So there's melodies, motifs and stuff built up throughout album one. But album two is a continuation of them. And album three is a continuation of the continuation. Oh, wow. And it's just incredible. His music just, oh my God, it's so emotional. I just can't put words on it. And I urge everyone not to listen to him because I'm ripping off everything he does for the next <laughs> album. Like, so you let me know when it's safe to listen to him, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, um, metal-wise, oh, what's... Oh, I've become obsessed with old-school trash. So and actually, this came from... Uh, 70,000 tons of metal I've I seen Demolition Hammer and I was watching Demolition Hammer going why did I not listen to these back in the day <laughs> so I'm obsessed with all the Demolition yeah. Hammer stuff uh, I'm a big fan of Dimmu Borgir I love all of their albums okay. even the ones that people say are shit I, I love them I think they're fantastic um, I think my favourite album is Progenies of the Great Apocalypse but yeah. um, I, that's always in my kind of a big cycle uh, Horse Lips all their albums play them all the time um, big Michael Jackson fan. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson. Yeah, well, the man could fucking sing. Yeah, no doubt. He could dance. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, I think we we were the whole thing with him. We, you know, there was it this year. Yeah, yeah. That was disgusting. Like, yeah, I feel. I still. I mean, I'm still on the fence about it. I I always defended him, and I haven't watched that documentary. And my friends were like, "Keep just watch the fucking I documentary." So as I could, but. And like that's a completely one-sided argument. Mm. And since the documentary, a lot of stuff has come out that fa- factual things said in it are wrong and yeah. so on. But look, I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. Um, Karen, just... our, our old vocalist, her her daughter was pen pals with his daughter Paris, Paris yeah. back in the day. So there's a connection. Paddy, who threatened me to take loans out, um, he hosted Michael Jackson at Grouse Lodge Studio. So there's a connection there. And like mm. Karen met met him. I think well, that could be totally bullshit. <laughs> yeah, her daughter was pen pals with, yeah, with well. his daughter, which is kind of crazy. Well, yeah, I definitely did. didn't molest her. <laughs> no, good. That's a good. And <laughs> um, yeah, so like your lyrical content is factual. It's historical. Mm. 
what like is it all from a one specific period of history or is it do you what's your favorite one that you like to kind of write about it was uh, and i mean i guess it's not all factual those lord of the Rings songs or well, uh, well, yeah, well yeah, you know what i meant <laughs> well the uh, songs about fairies as well although you know a lot of people there, are king of fairies. so but yeah back in the day the, the <clears> concept <throat> of the band was singing about irish mythology celtic history and two in the gale is exactly that the middle kingdom is that around um I think after Pagan and like the, the, we would go, get into the Viking history as well, like Brian Baru kind of stories fighting the, the Danish, the Danes, and the last three or four albums is a lot of recent Irish history. So you'll see the song about Michael Collins on the Pagan album. Cool. Uh, Wolf Tone is on folklore. So yeah, we it was a mix of history. The first two albums I think focused on the Celtic mythology, and that was our concept. That's why we wore the kilts and yeah, try to look like. Kind of fantasy versions of what a Celtic warrior would look. Definitely not a historical version. Yeah. Um, lately the lyrics have got into a lot of st- different stuff. Um, from Grace O'Malley. <clears throat> um. Blah 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 blah. blah I'm lost my train of thought there. But the new album that I'm working on, because we've completed the trilogy of Blood. Yeah. And the last album was a concept album, of course, was the Nine Years War, which was tough because the whole album had to flow and tell a story from one song to the next from the mm. beginning of the nine year war to the end and everything in between so that was tough because that's so much i wanted to write about but i'm stuck to this concept album but i'm very proud of it I'm really Lovely. really proud of what we did with that Um, the new stuff i'm working on is very you don't have to give it away now yeah no i, I don't mind talking about it. i'm very proud of it like good it's it's I'm trying to get the kind of 1800s, 18th century, 1700s feel of Ireland and peasant life. Yeah. You know, they're they're very Christian, but they also kind of, there's a lot of places that remember the olden ways. So I've got songs about, um, oh, well, I'm also mentioning the kind of stuff that's, oh, I've said oh too many times there. (laughs) Another thing thing throughout our album has been criticism of the Christian church and the Catholic church. That's been throughout, like our song Pagan on the Pagan album is complete criticism of the, the Christian church and what they've done throughout history. So following that through on the new album, there's the thing with the tune babies and the, the, all these new unearthings of the Catholic church and what they used to do to poor Irish people yeah. right up to the 1950s and 60s. Definitely have captured that in a couple of the songs in a kind of abstract way. It's not blatant. Um, but the feel of it is like almost like Halloween the whole album is going to be like a Halloween kind of album okay. you're in the countryside in the woods like we've got a song I'm planning to call The Witch okay. and that's another thing I'm thinking of every song will be a one word title like I finished one called The Crow I'm working on one called okay. The Witch of another one called The Harvest the song that mentions this kind of Christian thing is called the the Hawthorn and that's related to fairy Hawthorn yeah. that kind of thing so yeah it'll be a little bit different lyrically on the new album that sounds cool like, yeah I'm excited about it I, yeah I, uh, it's coming across that you're uh, very excited Ooh, about it I got a which full is a good, erection I got tongue yeah. twisted there you see that Jesus <laughs> that's my erection oh my god it's in, the room. <laughs> it's in my mouth <laughs> listen um, yeah, we're going to um, we haven't even touched on another part of what we, we wanted to talk about. So mm. what I'm going to do is we're going to talk one more little bit. Yeah. Then we'll take a little two-minute breather and then we'll come back into talking about the other aspect okay. of Keith Fay in a minute. It's a big, bo- big epic. Inter- How long are your podcasts normally? An hour yeah, about so? an hour. But this is, I've enjoyed this one. I'm, All right. I'm happy enough. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if you're happy good. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
Um, this gig that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have four guest vocalists. Yes, we do. Tell us the, the importance of those ladies. So the the whole thing was well, <clears throat> first thing was when we decided to do this year's gig. We always play Dublin once a year. And it's a pain in the hole because I arrange pretty much everything. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for going away and some promoters doing everything. <coughs> I'm that fucking promoter when it's a Dublin gig and it's a pain in the I hate it so much. On the day of the gig, it's the most stressful fucking thing. Like, I need a float. I need money for this. Oh, my God. The doors. And this isn't working. And we're let down. Oh, shit. So, anyway. Yeah. Last year was was. That multiplied by 10, collecting Skyclad at the airport and so on. But it was such a fucking success. Like, the Definitely. boat factory was jammed. Um, there was so much going on. We had the Joffer Drenger Vikings reenactment group scaring the fuck out of people outside in the queue. It was amazing. <laughs> like, it was a spectacle. And I was in the button factory a few weeks ago meeting Terry Gray, one of the vocalists. Yeah. And we were chatting at the bar. I was telling her what to expect. And the barman was like, oh, you're Kruikon. That gig was fucking amazing. It was one of the <laughs> best times working in the bar. Like, hey. Deadly. So um, this gig, we said, well, how are we, how are we going to top that? We're like, we got to do something. Um, we didn't go with Skyclad again. You don't want to do the same thing over and over, even though we have played with Wayland or yeah. Celticor before, but haven't played with Celticor in a few years. And Waylander obviously played last year. So we said, like, let's let's get back some of the vocalists that have played with us in the past. So number one is obviously Karen, who was a member of Cruel yeah. for 10 years. Uh, Vetra has played a few festivals with us in Eastern Europe. Uh, she's from Lithuania. She's an incredible singer. She is she sings. based here or is she coming <clears throat> over for the gig? Or? She was based here. She's living in Spain now. Where she plays with a Lithuanian folk group called Kulgrinda. Okay. And her family are part of the kind of pagan Baltic religion. Oh. When when Lithuania gained independence, um, on, on the first day of independence, there was a big ceremony with the prime minister and the government, blah, blah, blah. On the second day, her mother and father, the, the main high priest, inaugurated the country oh, with the, the new president like she's her family are amazing cool. the whole history of the music she does is amazing so yeah she should be you should check out her music absolutely then we've got terry gray and uh, she hasn't sang with us before but i connected with terry about a, a year ago and uh, she sings americana stuff but she's just incredible like an exceptional voice i've seen yeah. her live so many Fair times enough. she's fantastic she is and she's recorded in nashville like yeah. she's she's the real deal and um I just said, would you be up for doing this? Totally out of your comfort That's, zone. And, yeah. and the personality she has, like, ah, yeah, sure, fuck it. You know, that kind <laughs> of gung-ho attitude. She's brilliant, and I'm looking forward. We haven't jammed with her yet, so mm-hmm. we're jamming with her this week. Hopefully it goes well. And then there's Babs Chris. We played with Babs a couple of times, and she sang on the Blood for the Blood God album, right. on Blood for the Blood God, right. and um, Marge's song, of Fake McHugh. Uh, she sings with Crafty Fuzz. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fucking deadly. And her That's and her right. fella, Chris, like, they're, they're brilliant. They play out in swords a lot. Like, they're one of the closest couples you'll ever see, like, the two of them. Um, but she's she's got an incredible voice as well. And, like, the four of them... First of all, we were promoting as four female vocalists. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit fucking exploitative, <laughs> exploitative sounding. Like, that's not the intention here. Yeah. So then the poster's out there and it's just four guest vocalists, you know. It's going to be an awesome show. It's like, I can't wait. And we've got the Joffer Drenger group back to do the lads. reenactment. We've got um, the Suadel, I can't pronounce that word, the dance, dance group coming from Cork. Cool. So they're going to do a dark burlesque show in oh. between Waylander and Cruicon. And they're working on a kind of contemporary dance piece during our song Queen of War. Oh, so cool. that should be something. I hope it works. Like, that I sounds like an awesome event. Yeah, yeah. They're really it's... good. I think I'll have to. I think I'm. Uh, when is it again? The the 
So Friday the 13th. 13th. Like literally next week. Yeah, I think I'm on nights, but I think I'll come in after the nights. Because yeah, sure. the, the last uh, one I went really. to, the last one I went to was in the in Voodoo with yeah. Celtic Guard, which was fucking deadly. Like, yeah, so. yeah. that's what I mean. The last few years of playing in Ireland have been great for us, mm. but contrasted with like ten years ago, yeah. we were lucky to get 50, 60 well, people. Well, you're talking about the Roy Wade now. Yeah, playing once or twice a year, not yeah. so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm just gonna take two minutes and then we'll come back. And talk about more things. Hang on a second. Yeah, so here we are back. Uh, we had a slash. Uh, Keith had a wank, so not in the same together now. But like, we're there. Yeah. We're back. It's a mess here. It's <laughs> yeah. disgustingly Thank sticky. Thankfully, there's no one here. Sticky and smelly. <laughs> Listen, um, there's another aspect of your life we'd like to talk about, and that's your. AIDS. Hobbies and interests. Oh, hobbies and interests, not the AIDS. <laughs> no, we can we can talk about that in the full podcast. <laughs> um, you have a couple of YouTube channels. I do. Yes. Talk um, to us about them. So, um, I'm a big collector, and I've always collected stuff. Like, and actually, people live. You see where I am in King Wo's Court. It's like surrounded by collectibles, and I'm, <laughs> as soon as I walk in, it's like, oh shit, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I collected Star Wars figures. I still do to an extent. Lots of action figures. Um, and in the last kind of seven to eight years, I got really big into collecting video games. I'm not just collecting the annual video games, like collecting rare collectible stuff. So at the moment, my collection is hitting about 5,000 physical copies. Like I'm, I've always been into video games. Just, just love them, you know. Did I see that you completed the PS2 collection? No, I'm working on a Dreamcast complete oh, right. collection at the moment. But the PS2, wow. that's... That's a problem. Yeah. You're talking over 1,000 shit sports titles that you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to own. Like, you have to complete it. Someone I saw. Because I look at There's a few people I know like yeah. yourself that collect. That's some collection though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The I mean, that you have, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of problematic. And the thing is, it's like 5,000 really good games. There's very little shit. And there's really rare stuff in there. So it was my daughter said it to me one, like about two years ago. I said, Dad, you should do a YouTube channel on, on video games. And I was like, that's a great idea. Like, I'd yeah. love to just show off. I'm like, I'm that kind of guy. I like to get in front of the camera and just shy talk. Yeah. If there's an audience there, that's great. So I set it up, uh, oh, I think two years ago, maybe. Uh, and I've just loved it. I do mostly like Let's Plays, just me playing the video game, shouting at the screen. But I do top tens. And like around October last year, November last year, if the top 10 Amiga games video I did just yeah. out of nowhere just peaked I was getting hundreds of thousands of views wow. and like like it's I've only got four thousand subscribers but around the time of that video peaking I got five hundred subscribers in one month and I thought I've made it I'm PewDiePie I'm <laughs> I'm gonna retire and live off YouTube <laughs> but as quick as that happened it just went back down to the, the normal yeah. 10 20 subscribers a month but um I do it for the enjoyment. You enjoy I, it. I really, really love it. And look, look, my channel is monetized. I do make money out of it. Not enough to retire on. Mm. But that's a nice little thing. Absolutely. And the money that comes in, I'll buy more video games. Something extra. Upgrade the camera, that yeah. kind of thing. So um, it goes back into what you're putting in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's only a couple of quid. Um, no, that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, I'm delighted. I mean, the, the greatest thing is when people are responding and commenting on the videos that you see they're actually watching them and yeah. they're like, ah, oh, great video, Keith. Or, Jesus, Keith, try harder. You suck. You know, that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Any reaction is a good yeah. reaction. 
And um, then very recently, um, like I've been a big Harry Potter fan, and I know that's probably cringy for some people, but fuck no, it. Thing it, is what it is. No, <laughs> Fuck that. I love it. I mean, I'm obsessed with the books, obsessed with the movies, um, and I've got into collecting uh, the books, like the rare books and books from all over the world. Like when I was in mm. Russia there a few weeks ago, we were playing Folk and Summerfest in Moscow. I picked up all seven Russian copies of Harry Potter. Yeah. That was and it's all in Russian. Yeah. Like, I'll never read it, no, <laughs> obviously. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my collection's really, really grown. I've actually got some artwork from the original artists that designed the Harry Potter oh, wow. UK covers. I've got some, uh, started getting J.K. Rowling's signatures. So my daughter, again, said, Dad, because I put one up on my Kruokon Keat YouTube yeah. channel, the video game channel, and I was like, oh, this is going to make me lose subscribers. But I want to show off my, <laughs> it was a US collection that I got, uh, box set. And then just out, brought my daughter to dinner one day. And she's like, you should do a dedicated Harry Potter channel. This is the one that two years previously said, said yeah. crew of Conkeet video game channel. She should be your manager. Man. I know. And I was like, that's a great idea, Niamh. <laughs> and we were there like, what would we call it? And then the two of us came up with the metalhead, Potterhead. That's so cool. in the, the last two months, I'm doing a video a week just showing either stuff that I found in charity shops, my actual collection, this pickups that I've done. And you know what? Very few subscribers, just about 100 at the moment. But you have to start somewhere. Exactly. And, and, and people are watching them. People are, are talking to me about it. And I actually feel now the Harry Potter YouTube channel will probably get more interest over the coming months. But Possibly. We'll see. I mean, again, I'm doing it for the love. It's just it's a fun little hobby. It yeah. makes me smile. What can I and say? And that, that's not a bad thing. That's a really absolutely, good thing. Absolutely. What would be your all-time favourite video game to play? Ooh, Have you got one? I do, actually. I do. And I'm, I've been playing video games since, geez, I was eight years old. My there was I remember there was a Master System at home. And we had Alex Kidd and Miracle ah. World. Um, and I think the original Donkey Kong was on the Master System. I can remember like, having to be in bed by 11 o'clock. And I would come down, look through the keyhole. And my mom is there playing... Alex Kidd and <laughs> your <old>. mom. <laughs> so like so many memories of classic video games. My first system was a Commodore sixty four. Same. Really. Yeah. Awesome. My mother, right? Just because. Yeah, yeah. So as my when my mother was sick, like she was sick. Yeah. yeah. And she she died from her sickness, whatever. But the, just just in context, so she couldn't do anything. She couldn't move. So she because so I had Pac Man on a cassette. Okay. And she was like from a magazine, and she's like. Can you show me how to load that up? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I remember the old tape. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I'd go out to school and she'd be there playing Pac-Man. I'd come home and she'd still be playing for yeah. the Pac-Man. And that was my mom with um, Super Mario. She, <laughs> and would your mom, well, my mom would always went with the controller when she goes to jump. She'd move the controller yeah. up in the air. Yeah, it was really funny. Or my uncle was, uh, he, he was playing Smackdown on the PS2 alright and he like that he was yeah. like he was trying to fight like you know but Matt I was so ridiculous back then I used to throw joysticks at the wall no I was way. just I guess so frustrated I actually fucked my entire Commodore 64 and tape deck plugged oh. them all methodically put them all together opened the top bedroom window and just fucked them all <laughs> out I was so whatever game it was I just so I fucked this game but after Commodore 64 was the Amiga 1200 and that led to PC gaming and mm. I was just a PC gamer for years then in the last kind of, I'd say, eight to ten years, I got really into console gaming. But my all-time favourite game, which I do definitely, definitely have one, is Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Oh, really? Oh, my God. It's just... It's just I don't know if it's, a, if it's just the memories of where I was at that time when I was playing it, what I was going through. I was going through a breakup, actually. And for me, it was like, oh, I... I and 
the breakup involved staying in the same house as the woman I was oh, breaking right. up with. And that was a few months. So I used to feel I need to escape. And my escape was into Cyrodiil and playing yeah. Oblivion, you know. Was, so it could be just a, not a nostalgia, but just those rose-tinted glasses of where I was yeah, at that time. But for me, Oblivion is yeah, my yeah. all-time favourite. I was never into the Elder Scrolls series. Really, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And my partner, she is a Skyrim fanatic. Yeah, I love like it. She has, the, the, she has Skyrim tattoos on her feet. Nice. Everything. Wow. Yeah. You know the, the dragon? Yeah, the, yeah. The dragonborn thing? Yeah. Okay. And the funny thing, when I was a PC gamer, around 94, 95, I got my first 486 DX266 uh, IBM compatible PC. Beautiful. Wow. Um, obviously, there's no internet back then. Well, there is an internet, but in Ireland, there's no, internet. There's no internet as we know it back <laughs> yeah. then in 94, 95, uh, unless you're in colleges and shit like that. But we used to get our magazines. I used to always get PC format magazine, and at the back, there was a top 10 of every type of genre. And the number one role-playing game was always Elder Scrolls Arena. And I loved role-playing games. And unless that game was recently released, you're not finding it in the P- in the, sh- the game shops in, yeah. in Dublin. It was came out a year ago. It's gone now. It was never released on budget. I used to just longingly look at these 3D <laughs> graphics in that one little window of, of, a, of a screenshot. And then never got to do it. Daggerfall came out when I'd moved to PC and it was unplayable. Unless you had an amazingly expensive PC. So the first Elder Scrolls experience was... Well, it was Morrowind. Actually, Morrowind was incredible. But yeah, Oblivion, all time. And do you like Square? Love it. Yeah. Love it. I, I got halfway through it and stopped playing it. So I haven't finished the main story. But I picked up the kind of special enhanced edition on PS4. And yeah. also the virtual reality VR oh, did you get that one, yeah? Yeah, I stuck it on and... People say the graphics are kind of blockier than almost other any other VR game out there. So I don't know if I'm going to play it. I'm not going to play it in VR. Absolutely right. not. I'm going to play the enhanced 4K yeah. amazing edition. I'm going to start it from the start, like on the, the wagon. Don't get my head chopped off. Yeah, you might as well. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen that a few <coughs> times, obviously, with, uh, as I said earlier, and she mm. is... Only, only the other day she was like, I think I'm gonna upload it again and play it again. Ah, you know, so I like, her. I like Arlene. Yeah, she's she's the best. <laughs> um, what a what are do you like any kind of games nowadays? What would you play modern games? Or yeah, definitely. Um, what, what floats your boat at the minute? I, I, I mean, as a collector, I always avoid paying full price, so I'll never ever buy a, a new new game. Like, just never will, never have. Um. And I told you, I was talking to you earlier, I said I've just recently played Fallout 3 and Fallout yeah. New Vegas. So I've got Fallout Lucky 4, you. need to get into it. Um, I'm playing through the entire Halo series at the moment. And I hated, hated Halo because Easy. I used to play it back then <clears throat> when I, oh, I was a PC gamer, so I didn't have an Xbox. Yeah. I got it on PC and the little grunts were going, like, what the fuck is this? This is meant to be a serious first person shooter. Why are they squeaking like a kid's television program? And that was the end of Halo for me until a year ago. People were saying, you got to fucking play it's Halo good. Reach. Like, I got, you got to experience Halo Reach. So I played through the first Halo. I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I got over the grunt, stupid, ridiculous noises yeah. that they make. Then by Halo 2 and 3, they kind of done away with the grunts mm. being so fucking stupid. And now I'm, I played Halo 3... Last week I was playing Halo 3 ODST. Oh, yeah. And I played five hours. I forgot to save. And I'm back five. So <sighs> I'm not going to finish that. And I've been playing Halo Reach for the last week. And I'm yeah. fucking loving it. As soon as we finish here, I'm going home. And Halo Reach is going on. That's what I like to hear. Um, one of the newer games I really love was Doom 2016. 
Oh, the new one. Yeah. Oh my God. And the soundtrack. It's like, vicious, isn't it? God, it's brilliant. Just had the best fun. So in your face. Oh, it's just, it's classic Doom, but yeah. it, modern graphics and yeah. amazing soundtrack. Yeah, I had the best fun with that. Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Did you play... Uh... GTA 5 at all? Oh yes, only recently because I've no interest. I played GTA 3 when it came out because yeah. I was so excited to see the 3D change from the first two Grand Theft Autos and then just never had the time or I put it on a couple of years ago and said, oh, it's not clicking with me and only a few months ago I said, I, everyone's talking about it. i got to play this game and the thing on the, on the PS4, it came out first person mode on it so I played through the whole thing and I was like, this is one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. It was amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. It's just so good. The story, the acting is... Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely. Although, I don't know, you know a man that plays Trevor? Mm. If you ever see him in anything now, he's just like a, a, a live actual version of Trevor. The, 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 not necessarily what he does as yeah. a character. Like he's in The Walking Dead. and Yeah, I've seen that. He's just like... It's Trevor. Yeah, it's Trevor. Did you see the kind of fake VR Grand Theft Auto clip on YouTube? He, I don't know whether it was for a charity or not, or just some collaboration with this guy at YouTube or big YouTuber. Right. But he puts on the VR headset and then, boom, Trevor in the game. And they're walking around like, blown cars up all in real like yeah. time or it's not a video game it's in the real world right. you gotta check it out it's oh check incredible. that out that sounds yeah, have amazing. you seen um, Red Dead Redemption 2 oh that's another one I played recently it's Red class. Dead Redemption yeah played, you so played the first one or the second one I played the first one recently on the yeah. Xbox but X- Xbox Pro so it was kind of upscaled and it looked yeah. amazing because Everyone was on Facebook on Red Dead Redemption too. I was like, oh geez, I better play better the play original them. one. So we still have to play the Undead Nightmare as well. And That's very hard. Is it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's like, a short enough game, yeah. people are telling me. Yeah, it's good though. But number two. Now, yeah. no, you know, presumably now number two is like a prequel. Oh, so, yeah, I did hear it, like, that. Number two finishes directly where number one starts off. It's oh, great. Just spoiled it for me, you fucking prick. Ah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, you'll still enjoy it though. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's definitely but on my that's list. a big experience. Like that game is fucking huge. Is it, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm one pair, I do not like online gaming. Same I, here. Not Never a been a fan. Gaming. And, like I'm, I'm playing Destiny 2. Only now I'm playing Destiny 2. I used to play Des- the Force Destiny religiously. Yeah. And then until... People start wanting to play with, you know, like in fire teams and get the headsets and you go yeah. here and you go yeah, this yeah. and you do that. I'm like, I just want to dip in and out with yeah. the game. I was like that with Half-Life 2, oh, the online. I yeah. love the, the online of Half-Life 2. It's the only exposure to online game I yeah. really ever did. Apart from like chess or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm playing the, the story mode of Destiny 2 and it was free on the play, the PlayStation. Oh, story. there is a... Because I got the first Destiny. I When Destiny came out, I was like, it was cheap a year later. Yeah. I didn't know much about it. So it looks good. Bought it and there was no, for, I didn't know it was, I literally didn't know it was online only. I was like, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah. So yeah. Destiny 2 has a solo campaign on it. Oh, it? yeah, the first cool. one does as well. Like, but what? It's, you can see it, but you're still dealing, interacting with online or with, with other players, like, you know. Oh, so, okay. number so two, it's like Dead Island that you yeah. can come in and out, but yeah. you're still, oh, fucking hell. Should, should give it a go. Destiny yeah, one. Yeah, Starlight's good. Out. Second one is even better. I'm fine because I, when I heard there was a Destiny 2 coming out and I was like nah I'm done with Destiny mm. and uh, when I saw it was free I was like fuck I'll get it nice and it, I'm really enjoying yeah, the, I mean I have them all at home I'm really right, enjoying right. the story mode at the moment like so uh, yeah, yeah I'll have to dip into that you know, like when there's a, it's very rare when there's a really good villain 
and the big bad in this one that I think is cool. Mm. His name is Gal. Gal, G-H-A-L or something like that. It's very cool, you know. Um, Far Cry, what do you think of the Far Cry series? I love the original ones. The, yeah. the original Far Cry PC game was great. Uh, Far Cry 2, I finished when I was set in Africa. The ending was terrible, the suicide kind of thing. Oh. Far Cry 3... I couldn't get into I played a few I just it, again probably like Grand Theft Auto it didn't click with yeah. me but could go back to it so I haven't gone near four or five. Oh well I would uh, my experience with Is Far there a five? Cry. There is a five. Yeah, yeah yeah. Um Far Cry Primal, did you ever hear that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that I've was my that was the that. one I really liked. Yeah, I must give that a shot. I it's that interests me the whole It's a different ten thousand years yeah. BC thing. That one and then I had Far Cry four but I never played it. But it's free again on the PlayStation. Oh. Sorry, so I got it. Holy shit. And then I had the five. <clears throat> the five was the cult leader, I think. I think it was. Yeah, I got it. Because we played that and there's no happy ending in that one. Oh, like the second Far Cry 2 didn't have yeah. a happy ending. So I'm not giving that away there. Yeah, no, that's all no good. Happy ending. That's all good. Uh, do you remember actually, because you're a bit of a nerd myself now, coin. Not obviously <laughs> not to your level of PCR <laughs> gaming. <laughs> well, with this I am, but not... Um, do you remember the BBC computers? Oh yeah, the BBC. My Michael. friend had a BBC computer and the big fucking joystick, mm. the little knob and all. You know, my, my favorite thing to do, okay, this is nerd level one hundred, is to watch the nineteen eighties micro live BBC computer programs from the early eighties. I will sit and watch them. I yeah. love that. Plus the computer chronicles from the US all through the eighties into the early nineties. Are they all on YouTube? Are they all of them? And that I'm just in like Friday night at home, few beers on my own, <laughs> YouTube watching 1980s computer, British computer program. Yeah. Oh man, I'm in my element. I love it. And that micro live was made by the, B- B- the BBC. The computer was made by the BBC, so it focuses on, on that the B- computer <laughs> so much. Like, I remember playing that with me, mate. Jesus. And he used to have to go because I didn't have a computer back then. Mm. And you go up to you with him, and it'd be like, it was like fucking drugs. Like, we played the, oh, play, the computer. I was like that with the Amiga. It's like when my friends had an Amiga, I just had the Commodore 64. I was like, oh my God, can I come and play Lemmings on your Amiga, please? Lemmings. <laughs> yeah, my friend had a, an Amiga. I had a Commodore. What was that game called? Was it Altered World or something like that? I can't was it? I can't remember what it was called. Was I you... mean, it was Altered Beast. The no, no, Altered Beast. It was uh, some world, anyway. It was a... Another world. And It was another world. Yeah, with, with the, the, photo, the... Uh, photo realistic animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the game that we played all the time. That was great. What was the one that came after Another World? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Like Dave Swift. Dave <laughs> who was Dave Swift? Tell us who Dave Swift Dave is. Dave Swift. Oh my God, it's just come to me now. So Dave, if you've listened this far, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dave Swift is the guy from Cleve who was the expert on our music video. Very good friend. <laughs> Go to Dave if you want a I video. I can't believe. Oh, it's just when you're interviewed, sometimes you get a blank and like, yeah. You know, and we just throw stuff at you. Like. Yeah. Well, there you go. Listen, this has been yeah fantastic, and I, a bit I, longer than we talked. I know, but hey, I mean, it's time fun. flies when you're having fun. That flew in. <laughs> well, you did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to sit down and chat with you today. Oh, just stop. Yeah, well, it has. Oh, been stop, a... Lord, would you? Lord. Um, everybody better go to the gig. Yes, please go to the gig because um. We need to have people there. <laughs> you need to pay your just superstar singers. Yeah, well, there you go. You need to pay the button factory. That's what <laughs> yeah, well, I'm worried about. <laughs> button factory. Listen, um, the, uh, Keith, thanks very much for coming. You're welcome, Carl. Pleasure uh, to be here. Thanks for having me. We'll uh, we'll keep tracks on Crew Con and. Ah, thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, we try our best. We do. Keep sure. the finger on the pulse. You know, it's a small band. We try very, very hard. Yay.
Okay, guys. Thanks a million. See you soon. Bye.